We're talking about a place like Cottesloe, Peppermint Grove, particularly with its old buildings strung through the suburb. One minute there, next minute threatened, possibly gone, and divided into six little battle axe blocks. Let's talk about your experience in relation to the Peppermint Grove area in particular. Yeah, they were always seen to be before infill of new houses and subdivision of the big lots, single house lots. Uh, they were seen to be big houses, predominantly limestone, set in big gardens. Um, and you would walk through the district and say, this is lovely, you know, big trees, big gardens. Everyone's got a tennis court. Yes, yes, marvellous. And all down at heel, but, um, well, mostly. But then subsequently, um, they were subdivided. And I've had, um, I've consulted to clients who've owned the cliff in McNeil Street and, and all around, you know, that land, beautiful large setting for the house has been carved off into um, small residential lots. The tennis court produced three very ordinary houses on the prime part of the lot overlooking the river uh, and being caught up more recently with the owners who wanted to build a beautiful new house and keep the old house as a guest house and that was all too difficult and too much intrusion from residents nearby who were trying to say what you should and shouldn't do. Um, then they said, all right, we'll blow that, we'll demolish the old house. But it had already been put on the state register by the Heritage Council. And so the conflict rests, I think, and nothing's happened. And the old timber house is really beginning to fall apart. Another one is um, Illawarra, which is further down in Leak Street, I think, which is now the residence of the Japanese Consul General, where I consult. But the same thing, a marvellous old limestone house set well back. The coach house is gone, the vegetable garden's gone, the grounds have been subdivided into six or seven residential lots, so this house has got a bit of a frontage, but its presence and its setting has been hugely compromised. Mm. Well, people talk of the coombe. And once upon a time there was a chicken run there and bush going up the hill. And a jetty down at the beach. Yeah, well, that, that's fine. And, and I, my memories of that in recent years would have been because um, a couple of architects like Ross Chisholm and Geoffrey Summerhays built their own houses there. And they were um, very splendid houses and very, um, very much up to the, up to the moment. Um, that was important, and as architectural students, we took note of those. We travelled to Melbourne, some of us, in the holidays to look at that sort of thing from um, high-profile architects working in Melbourne. Um, but the rest of it, I think a great deal of stuff was pretty mundane and ordinary, and that is that is what suburbia is. Um, I've been involved in Claremont since 1989, oh, I suppose, to produce their municipal inventory and got to learn a lot about what um, Federation-style houses mean and how the character of Claremont hangs together because there is a predominance of that particular style, but how every now and then you get a beautiful little house slips in and if it's not, if, if it fits in um, and it's really brilliant new design, it's as good as the, as the old stuff, in fact, probably better. Mm. So there becomes this issue of the amalgam of old and new good modern design and the design of the Petman Grove houses and the Claremont houses of 1900-1910 where they were built to a design, to a, a, um, 
a sense of uh, properness. You know, your best face to the street, orientation and those sort of issues were not even thought about, not realised, so that today many of the houses are difficult to make work because they, they don't take any, they're not private, they're too close to their neighbours or uh, they don't take advantage of the northern sun, uh, they don't have ensuite bathrooms, so if you're going to keep these houses you've got a lot of work to do to catch up because our standards of living have changed. Well I wanted to talk about that sort of thing too and, and you mentioned um, Claremont as an example, using Peppermint Grove as another example, we hear of these one-storey bungalow houses with big verandas, low roofs, being the norm ones. Large gardens with a big tree out the back providing mm, fruit. Mm, mm, mm. The good old days when they had horses only, because that's when they were built. And you had a windmill and a, and a, a well, yes, and a yes, well yes, and huge laid out gardens, and they had servants, they had maids and cooks and gardeners and, and horsemen and so on. Um, that was all, I think, probably at an end during the war. People couldn't afford to do it, and, and the, the people that would have done it were away doing the war effort, um, which made a hu huge impact, and it would have done the same in Europe, where you could no longer afford. And there was no domestic help. You had to do it yourself. Mm. And so the whole cultural issue of living in the suburbs or living in the town has changed. It's been transformed. Um, it doesn't seem to have had an impact on the way we build big houses again today. There is now this huge preference for two-storey houses on a tiny piece of land, but big houses with four or five bedrooms and en-suites and you name it, um, back to the two-storey. Um, system of building residential houses but no direct contact with a garden area if you do it's a pretty and it's highly urbanized lots of hard finishes and swimming pools and fountains um, no sense of what had been achieved a hundred years or less before where the house flowed across the veranda and out into the garden and where your friends and the family gathered to have a game of tennis in the good old-fashioned, no-nonsense way, and then lemonade and tea on the veranda, you know? Where the community could come to commute. Yes, yes, yes. You didn't have to go inside. You'd go inside and have have afternoon tea, or you'd have card nights, uh, you'd have dinners, perhaps, but um, mostly doing things together. Mm. If not on the grounds, then on somebody else's tennis court. And nobody had swimming pools in those days. Yeah.